0: I think if you try hard enough, you can make any song sound extremely creepy. Let me demonstrate. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. Hmm, and, uh... New year. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Pod Podcast, where we analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. We can be contacted on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast, email us at podtendo at gmail.com, or check us out on Facebook at Facebook.comslash podtendo. I am your host Mick This episode, I am flying solo, just doing a quick one, trying to fill up some time, basically. Now, I'll let you in a little secret. When I first started this podcast, I didn't think I would make it this far. I thought maybe we'd do, you know, five episodes, half a dozen, kind of peter out, realize we're not very good at it. I don't think we have any skill. I know we're not getting a lot of support and the people that are listening to it are liking it. I think we're pretty good and once people, like if we do ever get a following, I think we might be fairly successful or we're just going to be super underground and niche and somebody's going to find us in like three years and be like, these are really weird archives that these two guys have and I mean, I have a lot of fun just making them myself. So in saying that, I always planned my favorite game, Super Mario world to have a big episode 10. Cause that was a landmark. I didn't think I would ever get to, I thought, you know, maybe we do one every couple months. It would take me three years. Uh, it's maybe it's four or five months later. And now we're in episode 10. So, I mean, we're, Clearly clipping along. Maybe our quality could be improved if we did less. But regardless, it was going to be Super Super Mario World. It was going to be big. I was going to bring my mom in. I played that game with her a bunch, and it would just be this really cool archive. Oh, I'd always have like uh, my family just talking about this game. There was this weird funny story we had. I, I don't. I guess maybe I'll spoil it a little bit. But basically, we played the game so much that Tyson actually ran away from home, and we had to actually go looking for him because we played Super Mario World so much. So I was really hoping that that title would be the title. Would be our 10th episode. The title I picked today I think is just appropriate for it. It isn't Super Mario World, it is Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. The release date was August 11th, 1989. How long to beat has this game at one hour? Actual retail price was $39. If we factor in inflation, that would be $75.65. Current eBay price. Uh, these are pretty rare, or not pretty common, I think. So I mean, they go for about eleven dollars, twelve. Let's call it twelve dollars, uh, and a complete inbox copy with the manual and uh, the box will go for about forty dollars. So again, not super expensive. Uh, the eShop price has it for about uh, four dollars, three ninety nine. So very affordable, very cheap. It's a very short game. I mean, the one hour play time. It's basically just an arcade title. I think you're supposed to kind of pass it to your friend. He then tries to beat your high score. It's kind of one of those games. The development details for Super Mario Land. This was originally meant to be one of the in-game, sorry, a release title with the Game Boy. So they were releasing a handheld title and Nintendo was really pushing them to have one of their faces, the face of Nintendo Mario as a launch title. So when you bought a Game Boy initially, you were actually supposed to get a copy of Super Mario Land. That's kind of what they were going for. So they wanted something simple, something that you jumped. Uh, you jumped on Koopas, Turtles. There was maybe a gate at the end of each level. you had to overcome a boss. Uh, it was going to be a very similar structure to the Super Mario Brothers series that we saw on the NES. And that's basically all they were going for. However, one of the creators, one of the head, heads at Nintendo said, I know a better game. Check this out. And he, he brought tetris out to everyone Uh, tetris was this super addictive computer game it was just shapes and blocks and it was so addictive it was easy to take with you and everyone finally agreed that tetris would be a better launch title hence why this was not uh, was a launch title one of the titles that came out with it but super mario land was never uh, in the box with the game boys that you would buy it was developed by r&d one that's research and development and was the fourth mario game ever created the first handheld title As for the controls of this game, very simple to Super Mario. Uh, Basically, you can move left to right. The screen will scroll kind of with you and then stops. You can never, once you do, you can always move right with the screen, but you can never go back. There are some side-scrolling levels. Left and you can go back and forth, you can duck, you can jump, pretty simple. I found the controls, at least I was playing on my uh, 3DS, and I noticed that trying to hold the run button and jump was kind of difficult. So I don't know if like, playing on a Game Boy would be any better, but I almost feel like it should have been inverted. And I kind of wish they would have included maybe a switch buttons feature. I know lots of games do that, uh, reconfigure the controller. So uh, that was kind of unfortunate. So it didn't handle great. The jump was very stiff, and he was very hard to control. The little Mario dude, uh, he was very sporadic. Uh, It took a lot of time to kind of just get patient, like that one hour playtime. You would play this if you were a kid for a long time, let's put it that way, to get good at it, so that you could actually play it with your friends. You do get one power up the Fire Flower, but it has this weird pathway. It's basically a little ball, and it will shoot around the screen until either it goes off the screen, hits an enemy there I don't know if there's a place you can actually get it stuck I should, maybe should have played around with that but if you got stuck between a pipe a set of blocks it would just go in uh, perpetuity and just keep going and going and going until you, you left the screen so it's a little different from the original but again kind of neat in that sense I'll give it that I've never played this game before up until this playthrough I think I might have uh looked at it or like had an emulator once on my computer when I was in college you know in your college you like to experiment a little bit Um, so this was my first time i'd say officially playing through it I I can't understand the charm of this title. I I guess that might be a current thought, so maybe I'll leave that to the end. And I have played its sequel, Mario and the Six Golden Coins. That we will be playing at some point. Uh, Great game. This was just kind of an introduction, as well as we probably will have more of a a real introduction to how do we play the Game Boy. I think we're planning kind of a Pokemon podcast. That's not going to be so much Game Boy, but we are going to probably do one about how did we get a Game Boy, what games did we play with. That's coming up. More than likely... (coughs) cough, it's probably a Zelda game that that's going to come with. And without further ado, let's get into the finer details and talk about the story. Once upon a time, there was a peaceful world called Saland. In this world, there were four kingdoms named Birabuto, Mudu, Easton and Chai. One day, the skies of Sarasaland were suddenly covered by a huge black cloud. The unknown space monster, Tatanga, emerged to try and conquer Sarasaland. Tatanga hypnotized the people of all the kingdoms so that he could control them in any way he liked. In this way, he took over Sarasaland. Now he wants to marry Princess Daisy of Sarasaland and make her his queen. Mario came to know of these events, and he has started on a journey to the Chai Kingdom, where Princess Daisy is held captive, in order to restore peace to Sarasaland. Can Mario defeat Tango, release people from his interstellar hypnosis, and rescue Princess Daisy? It is all up to you and Mario's skill. Go for it, Mario! Alright, thanks Mr. Narrator, that was great and it sounds as complicated as Sarah Saland Sarah Saland Sarah Saland? Sarah Saland Regardless, it's stupid and the other ones were like Ori, Dory, Nori and Odd or something like that where the title levels, it's just I don't know, I think they were trying too hard they should have just kept it very simple Um, I actually didn't look any up Uh, if you guys want to and email me or maybe I'll look it up on the next podcast if anyone cares where the names came from we can talk about them a little bit. I think they might have be references to kind of what the level themes were, but I can't tell. So if we dive into the level notes, it's very simple. Turn on the game, bing! Get that nice little Game Boy sound effect. Takes you to the title screen. You can press start to start. Super simple. The first level is an Egyptian level. Each state is each stage is made up of three acts, and they have very odd themes. The first one happens to be, like I said, an Egyptian. There are Koopas, Goombas, Flying Koopas. Jumping bees, and of course, what's going to be the bad guy in an Egyptian level? It's a sphinx. Once you complete the stage three, you jump over the the sphinx, hit a little axe, the sphinx blows up, you go to the next screen, there's Daisy, you save her. Oh, but guess what? She's a fake. Ah, shucks. So, you go to level 2, where a spaceship beams you down? I don't understand the reference here at all. It's kind of like an island paradise theme that they have going on. There's flying fish, koopas, weird flying head guys. The third stage is underwater, so you're sitting in a little tank and you can shoot uh, infinite missiles. This is definitely the most fun part of the stage. Like, I really enjoy playing these levels. Uh, You fight fish, octopi, and... The end level, of course. What's the most dangerous thing under the water? A seahorse. Once you du- duke it out with the seahorse and kill him, that's it. We'll move on to the next stage. Oh, sorry. Uh, and I guess every level has two exit. There's a high exit and then there's a low exit. The low exit just moves you on to the next stage. The high exit, as well as when you beat a boss, takes you to a bonus stage. So there's a four rung ladder and Mario moves up and down. Not so much a slot. It's kind of like a pickem and wherever you stop, you'll move across. And there's three, one, four four prizes, uh, one up, two ups, three ups, or a fire flower. Now the one hitch in this plan is there's also a ladder. So if you're moving across, let's say the three up and the ladder appears either above or below you, you will get to the ladder, you climb down, it kind of like similar to like a snakes and ladder kind of feel, so you hit like a, a snake, you then move down to that platform. So you might be going from a fire flower or the three up and you might get stuck with the one up. Uh, again, it's just kind of for fun. The lives are quite abundant in this game. If you're playing it right, it's really easy to time. I played through earlier this week, played through the whole game. It took me, I don't know, a little over an hour just to get my feet wet, and then I went through and played it and actually made keynotes. And by the end, I think I had about 16 to 20 lives on the last couple levels. So early on, you can really kind of accumulate levels there. Level 3 is Easter Island. So they've got the little... I don't know what the Easter Island guy heads are. The Easter Island heads background, as well as some of the enemies. The first section is on a beach, and you have to fight the Easter Island heads, as well as ride on boulders across some spikes. There's really no timing. Just jump on the boulder and ride across. The second, second section, you are on a cave, and of course, you fight a bunch of spiders, because Easter Island is known for its giant heads and caves, I guess... Yeah, and the third second, uh, sorry, the third section gets very meticulous unless you have nothing to do. And it was and it was 1989. I think I probably would have quit the game at this point if I wasn't trying to complete it for the actual podcast. You have to fight a rock throwing Easter Island head. The best way I found to do this was rather than try and time the jumps on them was if you have either power up, either the Super Mario power up or just the Fire Flower, just take the hit and jump across the gate. Just get out of the stage as quickly as you can. Try not to lose any lives. And with the crazy physics and his stupid jump mechanics, it's it's actually quite difficult. Like I this game man, this game early, early Nintendo games, I'm glad no one suffered through this with me. Now, I do have these weird regrets, like when I was playing Zelda 2, where I was felt really bad for Tyson a couple times, where I was like, man, I can't believe I made Tyson play this game with me. Like, it's so dumb. It's just so hard at some points. This game's the same. I'm I'm glad I just kind of took the bullet, played this new game just for myself, uh, just to see what it was like, because some parts of it are just uh, so difficult. The plus side is the 3DS does have save states. I tried to use them as uh, sparingly as possible, so the start of levels, just... So I could get through it and wouldn't continue because I do you know I do other stuff other than just this podcast. I mean, thank God that my life just doesn't revolve around making a 20-minute podcast on Super Mario Land, because that would be kind of sad. So because I have other hobbies, I do other things, it's nice to have that kind of feature just so I can get through things. And I can still get, for the most part, the, the full experience. Level four. You're in Japan? The theme kind of has that Japanese that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I, I i if it was made by anyone but japanese people i would say it was racist and it's japan so there's bamboo because again japan and the very first enemy in the game uh it's a ninja <laughs> cough racism cough, cough. Mm. that's really all there is it's bamboo and ninjas the ninjas are kind of a cool enemy most of the enemies when you hit them Goombas, everything else just dies in one hit. The Koopas for some reason are also bombs so you hit the Koopa shells, you have to kind of make sure you're not standing beside them or the bomb will blow up and hurt you. Uh, The ninjas are neat because when you jump on their heads they just fall to the ground and they will actually spring back up and come after you. The second stage is super easy. Uh, If you have a dozen lives at this point, the game isn't too hard. Uh, You're definitely going to beat it. The game is very generous with its checkpoints as well. So if you do die and the mechanics or a bomb blows up, a Koopa blows up, a ninja guy Maybe you hit him and as you're waiting for a jump. He comes and hits you. Uh, a bullet bill catches you, whatever the case may be. Uh, you probably will be sent fairly close to where you just died. And the nice thing is all the enemies are cleared out for that area. So if there are little spinny fire wheels or if there's a Goomba right in the way, typically they're gone and it kind of lets you get to that next obstacle that probably killed you. So that is actually quite nice. Uh, again, kind of that arcade style. It wants it to keep going when they made these games in the... 80s it was arcade mentality it was make them simple enough with little challenges that keep you wanting to come back with that addictive gameplay so you pump quarter and quarter and a quarter the problem with the home consoles and the handheld consoles is you've already spent your money They really need to invest you in this game, make you want to buy the sequels, make you want to tell your friends. So they really had to focus on the word of mouth. And I think that's kind of you're seeing they kind of get it, but they kind of don't get it here just because some of the difficulty is it's a little hard. The final stage is a flying stage, so very similar to the underwater level, and it's a lot of fun. I made a save state, and I actually played through it a couple times because there's lots of blocks, there's enemies, and you can kind of go for a high score. I'll tell you my high, my score at the end, so if you guys ever want to play this at home, don't play it at home. I'll give you that warning now, and I'll give it to you again in the future. Just trust me. It's not worth it, but if you ever do for some reason and somebody has a gun to your head, you can then compare your score and say, hey, I Mickey Podtendo, I almost beat his high score. <sighs> Just this game sorry slow and steady and you will finally get to the boss Tatongo and you will save Daisy Uh, Tatongo the first part has you fighting a cloud that cries it's kind of actually terrifying so every time you hit it it goes meow 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 meow." I've never heard a cloud cry before but it sounds terrifying I kind of want to go shoot at clouds now and see if I can make them cry that's not going to get the national security coming after me and the second part is just dodging the projectiles from Tatongo himself. Uh, he shoots th- one one big ball, it turns into kind of branches off into three, and then it will come at you. Uh, the simplest strategies I found is stay as close as you can to the left side of the screen, and all you're doing is just trying to dodge. So focus on as soon as the balls break into three branches, make sure that you're in between either the top or sorry, the middle and the top or the middle and the bottom, and just hit the fire button. You're going to hit him because he is quite a large uh, target moving back and forth. Uh, With enough of that, just really just kind of stay focused. You'll have no problem, and you beat the game. Hooray! You saved Daisy! Again, final score. That's really all there is to the end of the game. Don't try this at home. This isn't like wrestling. This isn't NFL. This isn't I'm trying to protect you. I'm just trying to, like, stop you from wasting an hour... Don't try it at home. It's not worth it. My final score was one hundred and eighty-one thousand. Suckers, try and beat that. See, I'm telling you not to play the game, and then I'm taunting you. So I don't know what that says about me. But it's it's interesting. What does it say about you? What are you feeling right now? Are you enraged? Are you bored? I oh, hopefully you're not bored. I'm sorry. I apologize if you're bored. But if you're enraged, bring it on. Current thoughts on this game. Uh, we really need to include a music section somewhere here in my notes again again lots of these are uh, podcast games so I'll have a podcast on I'll be watching TV especially these handheld titles I watched probably I don't know a couple discs of one of the Simpsons seasons so probably didn't play a lot of attention to the game although I did turn the sound on a couple times so I could hear the do do but the music section one of the reasons I think we need to talk about this is basically the Japanese and the Star Power music I guess I forgot to tell that that there is a Star Power up so you hit it and it's invincible it's the can can song so obviously they were looking for uh are those called uh, public songs that anyone in the public can use can can i guess got the bit i guess it's i don't know how long the can can is so we play it twice i don't know what is that maybe what was that 10 to 5 seconds, I did fast, so it's maybe 20 seconds, so it's a good chunk of time that you're invincible in this game. Odd. I I will make a point in the next, maybe to include a music section, I know people like to talk about that, and the graphics, I guess we could also mention, the graphics are terrible. Like, Mario doesn't look like Mario, the Goombas don't look like Goombas. (sighs) They did okay, but when we talk about the second game, the second game is Leaps and Bounds, the second game might be... Better than the regular Super Mario Brothers. So I mean, there's a handheld console game that came out five years after the regular, like the console version, handheld title, a handheld title that came out five years after the console version that is arguably uh, better than it. So they can- they made improvements. Just this was them just trying to you know figure out how it worked. So I guess my current thoughts: it's a fine arcade title for a handheld system doesn't really do it for me you can tell it definitely has aged and beca- again just as, as to reiterate it was one of the first attempts at making a game so i'm not like criticizing it super harshly they did an okay job for what it is i won't be playing this game again due to its length control and difficulty and the last thing we'll wrap up with is an are you buying it i got two here the first one the coins the coins, coins. i don't know what happened there i apologize <clears throat> the, co- the coins you collect in Mario games are souls. In the original manual, the inhabitants of the Mushroom Kingdom, the Toads, are turned into blocks. As you smash blocks, coins appear. So Mario harvests souls of dead Toads. Maybe that's why if you cash in a hundred of them for an extra life, or to fend off death for a few minutes, maybe you have some type of weird deal with the devil for every hundred coins toads that are souls are harvested you get an extra chance at killing them i don't really like this uh theory too much it kind of scares me uh maybe i'll talk about it with tyson a little bit in the future when we have another mario game i kind of like it it's kind of creepy and adds to the more of an illusion that mario's maybe not such a good guy and i like that i like when my bit of an anti-hero to play so do you guys take that send me a text if you're a close personal friend (laughs) email tweet uh maybe i'll ask this actually throw us up on twitter and see if anybody responds to it see what happens again i know i have no fans i just do it for myself so thanks for listening me you're the best and our second are you buying it who is daisy blanket statement according to legend a lost soul who stumbled into Sarasaland. she became the princess and when her land became invaded she called mario to come help her there is some implication that she had a fling with mario Then she hung out with the gang to play tennis, golf, and have parties. So, if her and Mario did get to know each other, if you know what I mean, wouldn't it be weird to keep her around to play sports with, especially when your current girlfriend is right there, and potentially you're with your current girlfriend when you fooled around with her, but you still brought her along, and they probably, like, hang out and chat because, like, they're girls, and they might be, like... Mario Kart partners in one game. So, like, what are they talking about? They're talking about, like, man, that turn was good. They're not talking about, like, you ever you ever, you ever with Mario, you know? Hmm, that's weird. Also, apparently she might be Luigi's girlfriend, uh, according to one of the rumors. So that's kind of a dick move. So not only did you fool around with this girl, but then you gave your sloppy seconds to your brother in front of your current girlfriend, and you keep her around to taunt everybody. I guess when you're a big dick player... He just got to play. All right. Uh, I, I I read all my notes. I don't think I missed anything. Uh, Brain, did I miss anything? No, oh, you didn't. You did a good job today. Thank you, Brain. So, in closing, thank you for listening. You can contact Podtendo on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast. Email us at podtendo at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash podtendo. The music of Podtendo was used without permission and is property of Nintendo.